I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. You guys, this is the last episode before I take a break for the holidays. Um, So I guess this might be the season finale, but don't worry because more episodes will be coming back in January and I'm so excited about next season. I'm going to have some more guests on the show that I just know you guys are going to love. Um, I'm going to be talking more about, you know, just my coaching program, what I'm working through with my clients, different things that I believe will help you guys more of my journey, more of my story, just all of the fun stuff. Um, But for the purposes of today's episode, I'm going to be doing an Ask Me Anything episode. How fun is that? I don't think I've ever done one of these on the show before. Um, And what I love about this is that it gives me a chance to answer some of your questions um, in a way that I think is a little bit harder to do so in just Instagram stories or in an Instagram post. So I feel like this is a really easy way to address some topics that I know have been on your minds, on your hearts. Um, So I'm really excited about this. If you have enjoyed this season, Season of the podcast, would you please do me a quick favor? Pause this episode, go ahead and leave me a review in iTunes if you haven't already. Again, this means so much to me and it helps other women find the podcast as well. But then also take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories at Soul Care for the New Mom so that I can know you're listening, so that I can hear that you've been enjoying this season of the podcast. Um, this is always just so encouraging to me that you guys are sharing and, and liking and posting. Um, I mean, just how cool is it that on social media that we get to share our favorite things with other people, that we get to share awesome resources and um you guys I just again like I feel like I'm fangirling over my own fans but your support has always meant so much to me um it's just been what's really kept me going during some hard seasons during some tough times um just thank you I just wanted to say thank you before I close out this season before we dive into today's episode I just feel like you guys should be thanked and know that you're appreciated um so okay Let's dive in. Let's dive into this Ask Me Anything episode, starting with question number one. How are you doing in the foster weight? Uh, Which I thought was just such a funny way to put it. And this was actually asked by a fellow foster mom. And I really appreciated being asked this because, you know, it has been a couple of months and it's, it's weird. Like we're in this weird state where we could get a phone call that changes our lives at literally any moment. And yet we're still having to live our lives and not let this hold us back from from living it, which is a challenge. I know that I don't talk a ton about this kind of stuff on social media these days. And honestly, it's because I just feel like there's really not much to share. We got fully certified at the end of September and we have been waiting on a phone call for months ever since then I actually got my first phone call just this past week and I totally missed it because it came at one in the morning and by the time I saw that missed call the little girl that they were calling about had already been put into a different home 
But besides that, there really isn't much going on here, which makes it a little bit frustrating because every time I see my parents or my grandparents or my friends, I'm getting asked, hey, how's the foster care thing going? Any news on fostering? And I honestly just have nothing to share. Like we really are in this holding period. At first, I actually was afraid to make plans and I was afraid to get super invested into anything because I didn't want to launch this coaching program or take on these new clients and then suddenly have this child come into our home who may need extra attention and extra time. And then in the first week of, you know, in the first week of when a placement comes into your home, it's actually expected that you'll immediately have to make a doctor's appointment, immediately have to make a dentist appointment, maybe even a therapy appointment, Um, not to mention you have to register them for school, you have to go pick out school supplies, go clothes shopping maybe, and then on top of all of that, there's court and visitation. So basically just a lot happens all at once when you take in a new placement and I knew that I wanted to be all in for that I didn't want to be pulled in a million different directions or feel overwhelmed by these commitments by this work that you know I have going on as well so yeah at first I was afraid to make plans I mean we got certified and I kind of thought the phone call was just going to come right away I thought it might even come that same day that we got the news that we were approved um but I'm glad that we didn't slow down. I'm glad that I haven't held back, that I've continued living my life because, I mean, can you imagine how much slower my business might have grown or how many things I might have missed out on if I had just decided to sit around and not continue on with our normal pace of life? So I guess to answer the original question of how are you doing with the wait while you're waiting? Honestly, we're doing fine. We're doing exactly the same thing that we would be doing if we weren't foster parents. The only difference is that I'm having to keep checking my attitude, keep checking my heart, and remind myself of the call and of the passion that both Grant and I feel for this because as more time passes, it's almost like fostering feels like a dream instead of a near reality. And I know that that's just because of the lack of phone calls and because of the slowness that has been, you know, has been happening so far. The truth is we're not desperate for a placement. It's really not about us. Like we're not trying to fill a place in our family or fulfill some part of our souls or like, you know, fill some part of our life that's missing. It really is just about offering a stable home and a loving family to a child on what is hopefully a temporary basis while their birth family works on building their own stable home so that they can be eventually reunified. That's the attitude that we have about this. And I know that for other foster parents who maybe, you know, have different ideas of, you know, what they'd like the outcome to be, who maybe don't have any biological children or maybe hoping to fill more of a space in their life through fostering, this weight probably feels a whole lot more excruciating and challenging for them. But for For Grant and I, we just have peace about it and we're still just patiently waiting. We really do trust that it'll happen in God's perfect timing and in the meantime, we're just doing our thing, living our lives. Um, So I guess that's the best way I can answer that question. So thank you for asking that. Um, Okay, next question. How do you balance pursuing your passions and being a mom? I love that I was asked this question. This actually was asked by um, a woman who I've recently connected with on Instagram who has this, you know, new podcast that's out that she, you know, she has this dream of building a community of women, of maybe even becoming a coach, of, you know, pursuing a ministry in some way. And and I, I know that she's asking the question that I've had to ask myself many times of how do I balance it all? How do 
I balance this thing that I'm pursuing, this passion, this gift, this ministry, but also be the stay-at-home mom that I love being? And I think the trick for me is that I don't look for balance anymore. I instead, I look for wisdom. I look for wisdom from God about how I should be prioritizing, how I should be spending my time, and what that just looks like depending on the season I'm in. What I always make sure to do is to pay attention to those checks in my spirit. Like I might ask myself, am I feeling a little off? this week? Like maybe have I not been as in tune with my family? Have I been in tune with my kids? Have I been present with them? And if I am feeling off, what has, what has been taking up my physical or my mental capacity instead? Um, so that's like a question I ask to kind of help keep myself in check. Uh, or another question I ask is, um, am I feeling energized and inspired? You know, am I finding joy as I pursue my passions and grow this business and invest in creative outlets? And if so, what might it look like to continue to nurture that and make time for that? So as I'm asking these questions, you see, like, I'm not looking for balance. I'm looking for that small bit of leading. And maybe that means that every now and then I just got to give myself some time off from work so that I can refocus my priorities. Or sometimes it means that I wake up earlier before my kids, you know, before my kids get up to get either get more work in or stay up late to finish a project. Um, I I mean, honestly, I'm not afraid to take a step back and reassess whether what I'm doing is actually working because in the end, I want to be more than just an amazing mom. I want to be that amazing mom, yes, but I also want to be an amazing mom and a woman who's using her giftings and pursuing her callings and is doing it in a wise, godly way. And I know that that looks different for everybody. So my best advice is not to get so caught up in these rules or in finding this perfect balance, but rather try to focus in on what are some really great rhythms that you can cultivate specifically for you and for your family. So maybe you might need a weekly Sabbath of some sort or a daily ritual where you're unplugged for a period of time and just enjoying time with the family or maybe you need rhythms for your productivity like these pockets of time that you dedicate to what you and the Lord are building together whether that's your business or a ministry or even just your relationship with him. I really don't think that there's a right or wrong answer here. It's just a lot of small decisions that need to be made that ultimately you can trust God to give you wisdom on as you continue to run to him. We're told in James chapter 1 that he generously gives wisdom to anyone who asks for it. But I wonder how many people, how many women are actually taking him up on that offer. So I guess just to, you know, in a nutshell, answer this question. I don't think it's about balance. I don't think that that's what we need to be looking for. Balance isn't even talked about in the Bible. You know, that's not something that comes up over and over again in scripture. But what is brought up is this idea of seeking wisdom, pursuing wisdom from God, and just really seeking after his leading. And I feel like that that is so much more important than any any concept of perfect balance. Um, so I hope that that makes sense and that answers your question. Um, okay, next question. How did we know we were ready to have kids? This was a really good question. Actually, it was asked by a woman who doesn't yet have kids, and she actually felt a little bit odd about asking it. And I was like, Are you kidding me? This is a perfect question because not only are women asking this all the time, but women are asking this even after they have already become moms because there's always the question of, Okay, how do we know if we're ready for another? You know, and that's something that I've totally had to ask myself. Not only have I 
had to ask, you know, are we ready to have kids? I've also had to ask myself, are we ready to have a second kid, you know? And I mean, it's a good question to ask. So here's here's my answer to this one. How did we know that we were ready to have kids? Uh, we didn't. We really, really didn't. But we did trust that God would would make us ready, whatever that meant. Um, I mean, when we got pregnant, we were newlyweds. We had only been married for a month when we decided to start trying to get pregnant. Um, And that was just because being a mom was my dream. And I really didn't have a career path in mind. And I just was really excited about starting a family. We just had so much passion about building a family and making those roots. But at the same time, you know, we were excited. I was also scared because we had just enough finances to get us by. If, I mean, if Grant were to lose his job or if we were to be hit by some super crazy large expense or if we couldn't find a bigger place to live in that we could still afford, it it would have been really hard for us. And I remember thinking before we got pregnant and throughout the first part of our pregnancy that I had a lot of anxiety about whether God was even pleased with us for our decision to start growing a family. I, I remember that I actually, I was meeting with a mentor at the time pretty regularly. And, you know, I brought this up to her and said like, hey, you know, we've been praying about whether or not we want to start trying for a baby. But I'm like really worried that if I were to get off of birth control and we were to start trying, that it would be going against God's will. And she like laughed and just gave me the funniest look and was like, you are probably the only person who's thinking this because most women are you know asking is it wrong for me to go on the pill um and here you are saying god is it okay if i come off the pill which was just is just so funny and just goes to show how like i had a lot of fear and some insecurity and just some weird thoughts that i was working through um but in the end we just did the only thing that we knew how to do which was put one foot in front of the other try our best to trust god to take care of the rest so even though our marriage was not ready, um, even though I feel like, you know, our finances could have been in a better place, we could have had a stronger foundation, we just went for it. Um, And it's true. Yeah, our marriage was not ready. My emotional state was not ready. And yet God was so good in bringing us the right things and the right people that we needed, whether that meant counselors or resources for working through our issues and our baggage or friends to confide in or or finding the right outlets for me to get back to a place of health, which for me was soul care for the new mom. I think that seeing how God was able to hold us together through that time, seeing what a gift our sweet Tessa was, that was what actually gave us courage to have another baby too. Because a lot of people don't know this, but we actually started trying to get pregnant with our second when Tessa was just three months old. How crazy is that? You know, we got pregnant when we were three months into marriage and then we started trying for our second when our eldest was, you know, three months old. And it's just... It was just so funny like how fast paced our, I guess our pursuit of our goals was. We just were, we just went for it. Um, And now it did take time for us to get pregnant again. But um, so we did get pregnant when Tessa was 10 months old and our girls are 19 months apart. And I remember that there were times during that pregnancy when I began to ask those same questions again of, 
Are we going to make it? Will our marriage be all right? Will our finances be all right? Will my mental state, will my emotional health be all right? And yet I had so many small and also some really big evidences of God's faithfulness to cling to. And I think that that's what meant the most to me and what helped me make that decision and feel confident in that decision. I didn't need more signs that we were ready. I just needed to keep on clinging to the signs that God had already given us. That not only would he take care of us and that he is for us and not against us, but that he is so much bigger than anything that we would walk through. And at the end of the day, I mean, just knowing that he's carrying us, knowing how he's cared for us, that really has meant so much more to us than any than any type of feeling or assurance that we are ready. Um, because at the end of the day, is anyone really all that ready for parenthood anyway, for all the challenges that it brings? It's unlike any other journey. And I don't know, I think it just comes down to you know, are you, are you looking for those evidences of God's faithfulness? And is that enough for you to take the leap? And I just don't think that there's a right or wrong answer, you know, but whatever you do decide to do, my best suggestion is be all in, you know, if you decide now is not the right time, okay, then commit to what you are doing, commit to what you are pursuing and be all in for that. Or if you do decide, okay, maybe now is the right time, then chase after it. And then once you get pregnant, don't, 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 talk yourself out of it. Don't doubt it. Don't question it. Don't, don't confuse yourself thinking, did we make the right move? No, like trust in it. Trust God in this process because he is with you every step of the way. I promise. Um, okay. Next question. I actually got asked this several times and, uh, I feel like all these questions are just so good, but this one especially resonated with me and just hit home for me. And it was the question of how do you handle the mom guilt? So, okay, let's talk about mom guilt. I am very well acquainted with mom guilt. Let me just start off by saying that as someone who spent years, years thinking that I was a bad mom, an abusive wife, that I was nothing more than angry and controlling and just had so many issues that I had no idea of how to work through. After years thinking all of those things about myself, I definitely know what it's like to wrestle with this kind of guilt. Um, And if you haven't already listened to my episode from September called Three Strategies of Empowerment for the Angry Mom, um, I really suggest that you that you listen to that if you haven't, but if you already have, then you know some of my journey of walking through postpartum rage and having to overcome anger. And for so long, my anger was the biggest source of my mom guilt. It was really easy for me to define myself by my anger and by my mistakes. But when I talk to women these days, even women that I'm coaching, when I talk to women on the subject, I make sure that I tell them that guilt isn't a struggle for me anymore and that's not because I never mess up anymore, but it's because I know now that my mistakes can't hold me back from reaching what God has for me. In fact, I think that they help propel me forward as I learn from them and allow God to continue growing his fruit in me over time. I think that a lot of the time it's easy for us to forget that self-control, gentleness, patience, these are all fruits of the spirit and they have to be grown over time. It takes time and it doesn't just happen by our own doing. So when it comes to mom guilt, my best advice is to stop looking at your mistakes as a waste or as something to just sit around and regret and start taking note of how God may be wanting to use these mistakes, how he may, how he may want to use these failures as a means of growing you into the woman that he's calling you to be. 
Maybe that time you lashed out your kids last week was a signal that you're not taking care of yourself or that you have too much on your plate. Or maybe those harsh words you spoke to your husband last night are a reminder that you haven't been pursuing him or prioritizing your marriage. Or maybe that wrong choice you made today can help reveal the lies and the fears that you've been giving too much power to. Whatever the case, there is a purpose that can be found in every situation, in every mistake, in every feeling of failure. Um, I love this piece of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 where we're told in verse 10 that godly sorrow brings repentance, which leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. And I think it's so interesting to consider that there actually is a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. And it's this worldly sorrow that I think so many of us find ourselves caught up in. Um, Worldly sorrow is when we feel shame or regret and we internalize these lies about our worth rather than run to God with it, which in turn leads to despair and then death. Death to joy, death to peace, death to effective ministry, death to to what Jesus wants to do in us and through us. And that is not what the Lord wants for us because there is a godly sorrow that he wants us to have instead. And it's this godly sorrow that leads us to understand our need for God. It's what brings us to salvation. It brings us back to Christ as we turn away from our mistakes and seek after what only he can offer, like redemption, forgiveness, grace, because of Christ, we don't have to wallow in guilt when we mess up or when we make mistakes. Those fights we have with our husbands or the times we yell at our kids or those moments when we forget what really matters, all of those things can be used for good as we lean into God more and more and ask him to refine us and change us. That's what having godly sorrow is all about. It's about running to God for what only he can do. Um, And there's just no room for mom guilt when you're in that space, when you're trusting that God is refining you and transforming you in the process okay next question what is the best way to stop feeling the need to control every situation this is again another question that really resonates with me especially for someone who's a recovered perfectionist who has spent so much of her life wanting to feel in control here's what I can say I don't know what is the best But here's what's worked wonders for me and I know has worked wonders for other women, which is asking yourself the question, am I pursuing what makes me happy? Am I pursuing what makes me happy? And I know that that might sound so trivial and maybe even be the opposite of what we think selfless, godly Christian living is supposed to be. But I truly do believe that when we are in a place where we are actively pursuing what makes us happy day in and day out, it is so much easier to let go of the other stuff and to surrender this need to be in control. If I'm not actively investing in my business or in my writing or in these creative outlets that bring me purpose and joy, I notice that I'm way more tempted to nitpick the state of our house, like how clean or not clean it is. I'm more tempted to nitpick my husband. Why is he not doing enough? Why did he forget to do this? Why is he failing at XYZ? I'm even more tempted to nitpick my children to be mean or bitter towards them because when I don't have that source of creative outlet and joy and purpose that's when I get caught up in how out of control motherhood really makes me feel especially when there's things like toddler tantrums nap regressions whiny teething episodes 
I love being a mom, but I have had to learn to accept the fact that I don't naturally thrive in a motherhood setting unless I am offsetting the parts of motherhood that drain me and challenge me with the things that really fill me and utilize my giftings. So I recognize that podcasting and coaching and building an online business, that is that is a place where I find purpose and that is what makes me happy and that's how I combat that need to be in control. Now, I know that that's not an outlet for everybody, but I will say this. If you want to break free from the feeling that you need to control every situation, you've got to find an area in your life where you do feel empowered and strong and in control. Even if it's not entirely in your control and you're still having to surrender certain parts to the Lord, which is good and healthy to do anyway, I, I do think that maybe, you know, there's an area in your life where, where you do feel more confident, where you do feel that purpose and that joy. Maybe that area in your life is community. You know, maybe it's finding or building a super solid community where you're able to use your gifts of encouragement and hospitality, or maybe your outlet is exercise. Maybe it's getting out in nature and taking the kids for a run in the stroller or working towards the goal of building muscle and completing some fitness program. I can guarantee you that whatever it is you decide to do, when you are all in for something, whether it's a passion or a hobby or a business or just something beautiful like a community that you're building, you will be pushing yourself to grow in self-development. And part of that process of growing in that way will be coming to terms with what really matters and what doesn't. What really is in your control and what isn't. What you really want to spend your day feeling and what you most want to let go of. Your worry, your anxiety, the anger, the perfectionism that is when you can find power over that need to fight for control and that's when you can just rest and find peace and joy instead okay I know that I've just gone on all these different rabbit trails that you know all of these questions have been so different in nature and yet at the same time I think it all comes back down to how do you thrive you know how do you how do you chase after what God has for you and thrive while you're doing it? How do you not get held back by the anxiety or the fear or the lies or the guilt? And I think that, you know, these are just questions that so many of us are asking that, you know, we all want to know the answers to, that we all are running to God for answers to. And and here's what I'll say. If you are in a place where you know, you need some extra wisdom. You're thinking, wow, like I really could use some coaching in these areas or I have other parts of my life where, you know, I'm struggling. I need more clarity. I need more, I need more answers. I need more practical solutions even. I would love to be your gal. I would love to be a sounding board. Um, maybe even work with you to get you to that place of thriving and to that place of clarity. So if that's you, here, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I want you to go to my website and book a clarity call with me. Um, these are free. They're 20 to 30 minutes long. It's, and it's really just a chance for me to hear your heart, hear more of what, you know, what your current season of motherhood is like, hear some of the challenges you're facing and talk through some ways that you might be able to address those things um, and how we might be able to work together on them, um, either through my coaching program or even just through that call together. So if that sounds like something that you might be interested in, I'd love for you to book a clarity call. You can do that by going to soulcareforthenewmom.com 
clarity.com forward slash clarity call. Um, and you can just fill out a quick form and I'll be in touch with you about setting up that call. Um, I'll let you know that this is actually something that I love doing. It really is one of my favorite things to do because it gives me a chance to get to know some of my listeners, get to know some of my followers, the women that, who you know, who are watching my journey, being inspired by it. Um, and you know, or maybe, you know, going through some of the same things and I love getting to build community in that way, but it also gives me a chance to speak to some of the, the blind spots that I think all of us can tend to have, you know, at certain times in our life. I think that motherhood is a time where we are a little bit blind to what's going on. Sometimes we lose our sanity for a moment. Sometimes we, you know, get caught up in, in all of these, you know, confusing things, this new season, this new transition. Um, and I just love to speak truth and life and clarity into women when they're in that place um so again this is an option for you um and it continues to be there for whenever you are ready um and like i said we are going to be taking a break the next couple of weeks but when i come back in january get ready for what is sure to be another amazing season a very encouraging powerful one that's designed to equip you and empower you and encourage you in all the right ways All right. I love you gals. Thank you again so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Let me know what you think of this episode. I hope that these, um, these questions and hearing the answers were insightful to you. And I am wishing you an amazing Christmas.